Hello there, Ringside Crew. Hey, dudes at Ringside Crew, this is Davian. Hey, it's Jenny Santana. This is Elsie. This is the Savage Juggernaut, Tamaku. Ringside! Ring! This is Thomas D. Bruff. This is Billy Sarks. Mr. Chad Epic. Megan Mason. Hey everybody, Scotland's own Brody Adler. The headline in charge, Marco Mania. This is your girl, Charisma. I'm a dang friend and nigger. This is according to what? Savannah Summers. I'm Shorty. Cast what is that? Where you are watching the internationally known. Dudes at Ringside Podcast, hosted by Metal Geek and Joe the Panther Jr. Hello there, wrestling fans. Welcome. To another episode of the internationally known Dudes at Ringside podcast. I'm your host, Joe the Panther, the third. And now from the top of Metal Mountain, all the way down to all 50 states in the globe, it's the happy heel himself, the Metal Geek. What's going on, Rick Sucker? What's going on, International? What's going on, everybody? What's going on, Joe? How's it going today? Not too much cold brewing. Cold brewing and monstering it. I guess the geek. Ready to introduce our. Like, yeah, all right. Here. So let's give a warm dudes at ringside welcome back to Dutch, and let's give a warm dudes at ringside welcome to Becca, the owners of Fight Factory. Hey, hi, welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome. welcome back. Thanks, <laughs> so, Dutch. We have had we had had you on the podcast, what, like three times? So far, twice. I think it was twice. Right? Twice feels like twice actually, it's funny. Right. The first time you came on the podcast, it was like an accident because <laughs> your daughter's <laughs> Wi Fi cut, and then I was messaging you, like, You can you come in? We may have technical problems. <laughs> You're like, Okay, yeah, <laughs> and then, uh-huh. then you, I think Geek was like, Who's this? <laughs> yeah. He just came in like out of nowhere, yeah. and now we have our guest for today, Becca. So okay. If our fans aren't familiar with you and what you do for the indie indie community, introduce yourself. Uh, so me, I am the uh, CEO and owner of Fight Factory Wrestling. So I basically run Fight Factory. Um, Hayden wrestles and I do the rest, basically. Um, I'm usually the one that you will see on show day with a headset on running around like a headless chicken trying to organize everything. So... Um, I do everything from the boring side of it, like the accounts, making sure we've got insurance and all the rubbish stuff, to um, storylining and making sure that who we book um, work well for us and um, fit into our storylining and our ethos of Fight Factory. So, yeah, that's me. And then in my day job, I'm a nurse. So I do everything. Thank you for what you do, by the way. Thank you. I have a sister that's a nurse and geeks girlfriend. Mom's family's a nurse, so thank you. The whole family. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. So thank you for what you do. Mm -hmm. Um, What have you been up to lately, Dutch, since the last time we uh, we were hanging? Well, we've been open just over a year again since uh, all the lockdowns and the craziness of the pandemic. Um, we lost some roster members. We've gained some roster members. We've got new trainees. We've got old trainees returning. Um, so it's been quite busy within the gym system. Um, last week, uh, I privately messaged you. I had to shoot over to see some family. We've got a bit of a family crisis going on. So I've been over to Holland, um, and we're just plugging away at trying to get the guys, uh, ready for shows. Mm. Sorry about your family issue, Doug. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Life happens, doesn't it? That's yeah. one of the things, you know. Yeah. You just have to get on with it. You can't dwell too much, can you? So, just we just feel bad sometimes. Stuff like that, you know. It's, it's sad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. But we uh, we try and think of the positives uh, rather than than dwelling on the sad parts of it. So. <laughs> Which sometimes is easier said than done, but you know, it's <laughs> we get on. Yeah. So, what is the day to day operations like? Like at Fight Factory. 
so, you know, you were talking about cold brewing earlier. Um, I run on caffeine um, because without it, nothing would get done. Um, so day to day, it's generally just running the gym. Um, you do a lot of your personal training, planning wrestling classes, making sure that our kids' um, classes are running smoothly. Um and just generally planning from uh, one show to the next, making sure all of our advertising's done. Um, some days are, you know, really quiet. I am really well organized and I have days where I'm like, oh, done it all. And then I have uh, like weeks where I'm like, I really should have done that. And now I'm not up to date with everything and I'm running around like a headless chicken, as I said earlier. So, um, but there's a lot to it. You know, some people think that you just turn up to a show and it's done. It's just magically all done. Uh, oh. and it's like, it's kind of like the laundry fairy, you know, you um, put your laundry in a basket and magically it gets cleaned and sent back up to your room. That's right. <laughs> so, so basically I am the fairy of Fight Factory um, and I just magically stuff gets done and we turn up to a show and it works. Um, isn't that right? Yeah, I, I turn up when I want. See? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a magic fairy like that. My basket would be I looking wish, at I wish there was a ringside fairy, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would look, I, I wish, I mean, Geek, that would be like if we're both at work and we add the mod to the modding of the, the Instagram page while we're at work, she's still chatting with people as we're like, <laughs> don't look at the phone joe turn the phone on don't disturb joe don't look at the phone joe i can't see anything i'm in a cloud <laughs> I, I mean kaya has george that's like kind of like a fairy right unicorn yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean she puts he i can see it she's in the middle of class and she just had to want to go to class today and she walks in the class before anybody walks in she puts george in the seat puts a pencil on in his in his uh unicorn ear and puts like a note on his chest. I am Kaya today. And knowing her, she'd get away with it too. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> be like true. this: the teacher just put pokes George, and he falls down. But then it's like, George has a self one on his chest because it's, it's Kaya's. Kaya's like in the middle, like, "Hey, don't touch George. He's mean for the day." <laughs> Wonders of Facetime, hey. Mm. Oh, I can see that happening. <laughs> Whole synopsis right there. She uses George like uh with a Bernie weekend at Bernie's. He uses chooses George like weekend at George's. <laughs> I need one of those. So what was the uh what was the inspiration like to start Fight Factory? Like what like like, what inspired you to say, hmm, I want to start, like, a wrestling school and a promotion? One event. Yeah, literally <laughs> one, one event. event. It was only ever supposed to be one event. Yeah. Um, this was never meant to happen. No. Um, so the, there was a guy who was promoting shows in Lincoln, and I was working for him, and he, he'd asked me if, um, if I knew anywhere where he could start a training school. And I've been around for a while in this city. I've got a few connections. So I hooked him up with the place and he said to me, you know, can you come down, help out with the teaching and um, you'll you'll get all the ring time and the shows and whatever. So to me, it was a win-win. Um, so this helping out was completely teaching because he didn't turn up. <laughs> and then when he did turn up, he took the money and, Oh, good job. Walked away. And this happened week after week after week after week. Um, so we just started saying to him, okay, we're going to keep some of this money aside and we're going to bring other people in to to help with this coaching because I'm no coach. So we got other people in and the same thing. You'd come, you'd take the money, you'd go. So um, she, how's the language? Are we allowed to swear? Or? No, you can say whatever you want. Okay, cool. So she would get pissed off. Uh -huh. And um, then... <laughs> we were working a show for him and I spoke to the boys backstage and said, right, for, for real, we're going to take over tonight. Um, we've been trapped like shit. So we're taking over and we planned it with the guys who were training that we stormed the ring and do a, a shoot overtaking a rumble. And that's kind of how it happened. Um, you know, like we're going to run the training school, but we'll feed you the trainees for the shows, but they want something in return. You know, we're not going to have this, 
this training school ran like this. Um, so we asked his permission if we could run one show. Um, so uh, the story's been told before, but I'm happy to go into it, that my mum had not seen me perform before. She'd seen it on uh, online, but never in person because she was uh, fighting cancer at the time. I'm sorry. So, and she'd have on and off battles with it. And um, she was always too sick to come to the events because they were all in small halls. So we decided to get a big hall and she could sit at the back. So she's away from people, uh, which kind of, kind of signs. Oh, my God, I can't talk. Just go kind her in the of corner, sounds you know, that's horrible. cruel. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the idea was that we could do that and she could be there live and actually see the performance. Um, so we booked the venue, we spoke to talent and it, a one-off, a one-shot for charity, just for some of the people who helped support my mom while she was sick. And then in the, it was booked for the October and in the June she died. So she oh. never did get to make it to the show. So, on the day she died that morning, we rang around the family, did the thing that you have to do. And rather than sit around and cry into our breakfast, uh, it was let's make this show where we say, let's get a hundred people and let's try and get five or 600 people packed in. And that was the focus then to, to sort of build the show into the biggest show we could. And the promoter had given his blessing for us to do it but then started to get a little um, pissy with his shows were running at 100 and we'd already sold all our tickets. So there was a bit of a fallout and we then just continued because we had a group that sort of saw us as a home base and we had some good connections within the industry and we thought, okay, we've just got to run with it now. There's no stopping it. And that's the start of it. Mm. And I wanted to make sure everything was done properly. So, you know, he would he would turn up in the beginning and literally just walk away with the money. And I'm like, hang on, like you're you're not taking a wage. There's no I'm still not taking a wage. You no, know, there was there was like <laughs> he, he wasn't paying any insurance. So like if any of the guys got hurt, there was nothing, you know, he wasn't doing any of the basic like health and safety stuff that you would do to run a business. Um, and when I questioned him on it, he didn't like it, did he, at all? And I just went, well, you know, I'm going to go do this properly. So when we started up, um, I made sure, like, we had a code of conduct. I made sure that we had, like, a health and safety um, policy and a safeguarding policy and everything that you First would aid do. was all up to date. But, yeah, first aid, um, DBS check, which is, like, your criminal record check, um, to make sure that all that was done. Um, because I just kind of thought, like, if if one of my family members or whatever went to a wrestling school that didn't have that stuff in place, I would be really annoyed at that. So British wrestling isn't um, regulated at all. So, you know, like boxing, you have everything that you, you have to your licenses and everything like that. And even in America, you have you have to have a license. New York is top. In a lot of states, yeah. it's different over there. But so, yeah. but in in England, it's not regulated. We're classed basically it's as the wild west, as like <laughs> um, theatre, basically. And but even theatre think like we're yeah we're below them. So, um, I basically wanted to make sure that if one day the government turned around and said, "Right, we're going to regulate you," that we would be ready. So, gotcha. During COVID, um. We had the whole like speaking out movement where there was a lot of yeah. people that came out and said that they were wrestling for companies that were um, dangerous and that they didn't have um, any policies that kept them safe. And like we kind of sat back and went, why? Why? Yeah. Why is this a thing? Why haven't other companies got these policies and procedures in there place? There were some with... With yeah, yeah, there were, there were, you know, some... there were some, but there was ones that really should have had it in place that didn't, and it just amazed me that. And some of the big ones were also covering up a lot of the things that were going on. Yeah, as well. so, uh, you know, when when we were sitting back and watching this unfold, and obviously Fight Factory was closed at the time, um, because of COVID, um, we really struggled um, as a. Uh, morally to kind of think like do we really want to open back up again like we've got all of this stuff in place but what is the wrestling world now gonna be like in the indie scene in England you know when we all come back and we reopen what are we reopening to 
Um, so that in itself was a, was a bit of a, a question, but we'd worked so hard to build up what we'd done that we decided that actually, no, we wanted to continue and make a go of it. And the last year has been really, really difficult to, to get back up to where we were. You know, audiences disappear. COVID has still been like a, a massive um, scary thing for people, you know, wanting to come back out into public and not wear a mask. And so we made sure that in the beginning, all of our shows were COVID compliant. Our gym was COVID compliant. We went above and beyond what was needed because of course as well, being a, a registered nurse, if I didn't do all of those things as well, not only could the gym get shut down, I could lose my pin because I'm the person yeah. who's behind the health and safety policies and the COVID policies, et cetera. So, you know, if, if it was seen that, you know, somebody came to our gym and caught COVID and died from it, well, that's on me. So it had to all be in place and it had to be right. And we didn't come back and do shows as soon as what a lot of the people did. Because um, I just said, it's just not worth it yet. We need to let this die down. And now it's better. People aren't as frightened of coming out. Um, and I think... <laughs> well, not from COVID. It's all well, about no. it's holding on their money now, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> you know, COVID's disappeared. But, you know, we, we were complaining that we couldn't leave the house because of COVID. Now we can't afford to leave our house. Um, and we also can't afford to put the lights on because electricity has got that expensive. Oh, and we can't travel because fuel is horrific. Um mm. But aside from that, it's all right. Yeah. It's all good. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> like where I live, I live in PA and I live like a state away from geek. And like, I want to come there, but my parents are deathly afraid of the subways and the trains in New York. They're afraid I'm going to, they think I'm going to be sitting there on my cell phone like this. Do, 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 as I'm walking, like like Mr. Magoo walking through the freaking uh, Penn Station with my head down, staring at my phone as I divert walking around a guy with a gun and a bum laying on the ground, like missing him, staring at my phone, texting wrestlers the whole time. I'm like, Mom, I'm in the subway at Gas Geek. They should make that cartoon picture of me. Yeah, we got a follower. Like yeah. me staring at my phone, <laughs> walking around all the obstacles, buying my ticket for the Penn Station train. I'm not that much about my mom. When I'm traveling, this bad boy stays in my pocket till I get on the train. And and until I get to geek, I'm like, okay, I'm here. Like, I'm not going to be sitting on my freaking cell phone. This stays in the pocket. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. Parents, they worry. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we as parents, we will always worry about our children. I get it. Always. <laughs> it's I just one it. of those things. You can't help it. You're either worrying about them because they're doing something stupid or you're worrying about them because somebody's been stupid near them. And, you know, once children go out into the big wide world and have their own opinion, it all goes downhill from there. Yeah. You can't help it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So I have a I have a question for you. Uh, hey, yeah, we have a cat. We have a visitor. Near the camera. There we go. <laughs> no cat butt on the camera. So <laughs> if... If there's any like new indie promotional owner in America that's listening to or watching this podcast, what kind of advice would you give to a new owner? Don't do it. Get out before it's too late. <laughs> okay. Uh oh. <laughs> no, no, don't we joke. Um, make sure you have a plan. Oh, another make follower. Sure, Thank you. Make sure that you um have enough money to uh survive for the first year. Because unless you are really lucky, you're not going to make a lot of money in the first year. I mean, to be fair, you're not going to make a lot of money anyway. Learn how a wrestling ring works. Yes. For crying out loud. There's so many bad wrestling rings out there that fall apart. And people who buy them don't know how the 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 ropes work or how to work on the, the tension of any of it. It's it's horrendous so yeah. learn the ins and outs of your wrestling ring yeah don't just buy a wrestling ring and think that you can run a company because you can't you need to know the ins and outs of it um before we started fight factory i didn't have the first clue but now i make sure that i know and i could go and th and this isn't me blowing my own trumpet this is me saying that i could go to any show and if there was any problem with a wrestling ring I would 99% be able to fix it Definitely. regardless of what it is. And there's a, a lot of times I've gone to shows and people have asked me for my advice 
and I've done health and safety um, advising on it because I've gone out there and I've learned my stuff um, because the the be all and end all is not the money. It's making sure that the guys who are wrestling in your ring are safe and that the people around that ring are safe. Yeah. Wrestling yeah. ring touch, not ring. <laughs> wrestling ring. You've got a lot of people in your ring. Yeah, I have, but yeah, my yeah. ring is nice. It's yeah, fine. I, wrestling I, ring. Yeah. I recently saw, like, I was at witness at a show recently, not to say names, but the thing is, the ring actually broke halfway through the match. And I was like, geez, you know. And then they that had to. A WWE event, wasn't that a WWE? No, event? it wasn't. It wasn't a WWE event, and I'm not going to say names, but it can happen at WWE event as well. But I was at a local independent show, and the ring, the the turnbuckles just came down, and I'm like, "Geez, that ring was not set up well." You know, so there can be a really unfortunate thing where you just don't spot it. Like it, it can happen, yeah, it can happen. and happen. we understand that, but we've. We've seen so many where we've turned up at events, we've been on events, and you look at the ring and think, well, everything is changing. No, we're not doing anything that we'd normally do because that ring ain't safe. And we've seen it where we've told people, get that checked, because you can see a crack where a weld is. If that crack is there and you've got a ton, two tons of pressure going through your ropes, that crack's going to break. Yeah, definitely. Oh, like <clears throat> there was a wasn't it like last month or the month before that a WWE was on a tour overseas yeah, and yeah. the rope broke on um Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I think it was in Scotland. Yeah. I think maybe I don't know. I remember seeing the thing about is it. is the you know these things can happen. Um the one of the things when it, when it comes to setting up our wrestling ring, the guys um they basically say that I'm OCD, which I probably am, to be fair. So, like, when I take charge of setting the ring up and I make sure that every bolt that goes into a, a, a D-bolt is done exactly the same way, I've got exactly the same turns on the turnbuckles, I've got my ratchet set up in a completely uniform way, I check every board that goes onto that ring, I check every steel that goes onto that ring, I feed the ring back into the van once it's been taken down and I look at every piece of equipment and the guys take the piss out of me for it because I literally, they say, you're just so anal. And I'm like, but me being like that keeps you safe. Yeah, didn't Triple H like a month ago, like or two, a couple months ago say, you know, our rings never break. Our rings are so sturdy. And this was like a month. That, yeah. And then that crap happened. That's like the, you know what I say? <laughs> I don't know. That was the that. wrestling guides. That was the wrestling gods telling them. Shut your freaking mouth, Triple yeah, H. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of times it's happened at WWE, and you can understand it. They've got a quick turnaround, and you know they're, they're getting happen. a lot of use. So the rope can go occasionally. You know, we're we're not shitting on anybody who's no. had an accident, but no. sometimes these accidents are definitely avoidable. Avoidable. They are, and I, I mean, every show, I worry that it's going to happen to us, like every time because I'm so paranoid that it's going to happen. Um, <laughs> she's scary when setting up a ring. <laughs> I don't want to be there when, if, if, um, cause her checking on me, if I'm setting up the ring, she's like, better make sure that's tight. <laughs> my dreams to come, to come to England and come hang out with you guys and come see a show live. Like, because me and Geek always say this. We always see his stuff here in the States. If we ever take a trip to, to England, we definitely would love to come see Five Factory live. Like, definitely. Well, you're always welcome. And you're always welcome to come and watch it from start to finish. From like the the minute that we enter the building to the minute we leave, basically. Wow. Um, because we should we could make a documentary about this and see how many times <laughs> you swear as well. Oh yeah, a lot. <laughs> so in my in my day job, um I'm really, I don't swear at all. Not one swear word leaves my mouth. Mm. Wrestling and setting up, oh, Lord. <laughs> it's um, it's definitely, I've got a mouth like a sewer rat. So, um, <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> so, it's the town she's from. <laughs> I'm from Hull. I can't help it. And yes, 
do need my coffee as well. Like they generally, um, the guys will turn up, and at least one of them will turn up with a coffee for me, because they know if I'm caffeinated, I'm happy. Generally, <laughs> and if and if. <laughs> If the caffeine starts to drop, they bring me more, which is great. She needs her coffee too. The day that I came to see Geek in last July, guys, I drank about five cups of coffee. And yeah, everybody's I... like, How did you do that, Joe? I don't know, pure will. I think <laughs> Metal Geek's girlfriend, ever so spiffy, which is in the chat. Geek's like, you could have said no. I said, no, idiot. It was free coffee. She said, you want co every time I would do this, she was like, and I would do this. Little kid, little, you know, you know what the little kids do when they want more juicy juice? Yeah. They're like, they'd shake their cup, and mommy comes by and pours the coffee in the cup. That was me. I was like, jeez. That's, that's pretty much what happens. <laughs> hey, look, if I could set up a drip with caffeine in it, I'd do it. Oh, like, yeah. It'd be so much easier. <laughs> great but then i enjoy the taste of coffee so therefore like would it not, would it actually not kill you if you stuck it in a drip and just walked around with it like slowly walked around with an iv of iced coffee would you get hurt like would you would it give you a heart one way to find out <laughs> oh god I, I think my sister would be like you're not putting an iv of coffee in your body randy but yet she's the one that gave me nitro cold brew before i came home few weeks ago and i came back to do the podcast and i was wondering why i was like oh, can you imagine though, if that stuff was in your veins rather than going through your stomach you'd die i've put worse things in my body over the years so i'm willing to try that means you'd have to let me cannulate you though. would would <laughs> like um, also another would you would you die if you did a cold do like a injection of beer i don't think the gas in your veins would be very good the, the, ah. the, the serious issues with air where it shouldn't be. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, you'd you die. <laughs> Look, <laughs> it's, it's in death. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> or like in the office, definitely no. Definitely no. <laughs> so this week, um, as I said uh, to you guys earlier, I'm on uh, personal days or vacation time, although it's not vacation time because I'm doing the laundry every day. Um, but the majority of this week is is going to be uh, setting up for our show at the weekend. So we've got a big show coming up at the weekend on July 2nd. Um, and it's a, a double header. So we have a matinee performance and then we have our evening show. Um, and it's uh, the evening is like a parental guidance kind of show. Oh. So there might be um, some more adult themes to it, etc. But if you're under 16, you can be accompanied by an adult. And well, it's... they're going to hear some new words. From yeah. Yes. Yeah. From. from so it's you. like an 18. Sorry. Um, 18 or older in America. It's yeah. 18 or older. So yeah. from uh, for us, it's kind of um, we say like PG 12, but generally, it's up to the parents to make that choice. And actually. If the kid under a certain age understands the innuendo, then that's on the parent, not us. So, like, if they understand that shit, what are you teaching your children? <laughs> that's, that's, that's it, really. The internet teaches the children everything. This so. is true. There's worse things on the news, though. This is my thing. Like, yeah. if I swear on a wrestling show, but you let your kids watch the news, the news is scarier than me dropping an F-bomb, you know? Like, so. there's, some, there's some... No, no. Uh, sorry for interrupting you, Dutch, but there's, like, some female wrestlers that you go to book for your podcast, and you're like, okay, you're a wrestler. Why are there so many bikini pictures on here? <laughs> I'm still going to look, but I'm going to be like... what? Are you a wrestler or are you a fitness model? Like, are we wrestling? Are we are we judging a bikini contest? What's going on here? I'll keep quiet on that one. I don't want to be outed on Twitter for anything. So, <laughs> I've already been. We've already been outed, don't worry. <laughs> I think generally, you know, um, women want to be seen as equals within the wrestling world. Okay, but. Oh, God. Do you know, I'm going to get so much shit for this, right? So, <laughs> they... uh, Hey, controversy creates cash. There you go. <laughs> Does it? 
Wonderful. So um, <laughs> they, they want to be Tret as equal. They want to be Tret as, you know, I'm just as good a wrestler as any man is. This isn't okay? all women, if I think this, I know who this, you're getting at. This is not all women. But then when they um, say that they're equal, this, that, and the other, but then they start basically basing their wrestling brand around showing their tits and their ass, how is that trying to be equal to a man okay like if if you're using if you're if you're hey look at me i've got great baps actually no get in the ring and show that you can wrestle exactly and this is why we so the show just gone laurie is now our um heavyweight champion okay and she's the first woman to ever hold the heavyweight championship title and um basically what i my my ideology behind five factory now is that anybody can go for any title because it shouldn't be about whether you're male female trans whatever if you can wrestle and you can put on a good show crack on if you can't wrestle you can't wrestle. If you're shit, you're shit. It doesn't matter whether you're male. Wait a minute. Calm you're... down, I'm a personality. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether you're male, female, anything. If you can't wrestle, you can't wrestle. But there's so many people out there who get butthurt when you say to them, I'm sorry, I can't have you on the show because you're shit. They then make it about something else. And I don't get that. People. And I'm sure that somebody is going to be like sliding into the DMs going, you can't say that. You can't have an opinion. Like, no. I want it so that good quality wrestling happens and that you get on a show based on how good you are, not on whose penis you might have put in your mouth at the time. Whoa. <laughs> title here I call. <laughs> <laughs> Because unfortunately, that is how some of the indie scene works. And then it makes it really difficult for the girls out there who are really trying yeah. so hard to get noticed. The, the girls or ladies or whoever who put that effort in to the gym to take care of their body, to make sure that they actually can wrestle and that they're skilled and that they've, yeah, they've got a personality and a character and they put that effort in, but then somebody else gets on a show in front of them because they've got their tits out on Twitter, right? That That's what is wrong with Definitely. some of British wrestling at it's, the moment. Or all, British, or all wrestling, to be fair. You know? I have then, to agree. It's all, hard work does pay off. That's what as I raised room, as Scott Hall, did you you know this the phrase Scott Hall? They put out after Scott Hall died. Pay hard work pays off. Yeah. I can't so, think of the rest of the phrase, but I know so, he says hard so, work pays does off. pay off. Yeah. But I wish it paid mm-hmm. off a little bit sooner because there's unfortunately there's times when those that don't work as Stop hard picking at the tray. Sorry. Though those that don't work as hard get the opportunities because of who they know rather than what they can do yeah that's that's what i that's what i believe hard work pays off because we don't want to go back to the divas division no No. let's face it like the bikini wrestling and all that like what crock of shit like what are we teaching the young women of um our generation now that you're only going to get somewhere if you've got a body that is perfect and makeup that is perfect, not actually that you can do something. Exactly. It just it. It's, uh, I think it's me. the same with the guys as well, though. Like the guys don't obviously get their titties out, but no, but the, like, yeah. you have clicks of guys who just back each other up, and there's some real shit out there uh, because of their friends or some kind of politics that we won't go into again i don't want to be outed on twitter for that one um the, it it should be on about ability or uh, what you bring to the table yeah exactly it, it exactly it, it should be about hard work paying off because i 100 10% agree like if the match rate for, for me as a wrestling fan as if the match rate is amazing that all that matters to me that's all that matters. But if you're crap in the ring, then I'm like, why am I watching this person? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the, the flip side to it a little bit, I guess, is that I believe that each event should be um, 
like a circus, you know, you need the juggler, you need the clown, you need the strong man. There, there should be something for everyone. And you know your role within that event. Um, but again, that doesn't always happen. You know, like now everyone wants to get their shit in and be top this guys, top this. And it's not about that, you know, <laughs> know your role, shut your mouth, so to speak. Yeah. But there's that as well. You are, I mean, you've had it for years, but you've got like your smart fans that are just like, they want to know like a storyline like they want to know behind the curtains rather than just sitting there and enjoying the match and and the show for what it is they um they need to know the far end of a fart and they want to have their opinion um which is fine but don't tell me how to run my event like you know you there's there's so many people out there who have got an opinion that's not always right (laughs) And I'm not always right. I'm not always right. <laughs> I've just seen the comment from Aiden Drake. <laughs> <laughs> a tan. Yeah, he needs to get a tan. Bless him. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, there, there are some days that I get really infuriated by wrestling. And then there's other days that I love it. And I think the thing for me, um, on, uh, so, so last night at the event, you know, Laurie had worked so hard for this championship and uh to be able to present her with the with the title and be in the ring while she you know she wins that was an amazing moment for me because actually she is one of the most underrated wrestlers in the world the world you know she's she should be out there more but politics and shite hold her back she's not the youngest uh wrestler in the room you know she's 35 i hope she's 35 oh god she's my best friend and i might get a wrong and she'll kill me um but you know because she's not like in her 20s opportunities disappear but actually the experience that she can bring to a wrestling ring and to a show is beyond anything that a 21 year old in skimpy gear with nothing between her ears can do i just yeah <laughs> I, I was just about to say age absolutely means nothing today because you yeah. look at the, you look at some wrestlers. Joe may agree with me on this. Minoru Suzuki is fifty two years old. The guy is a freaking prodigy, man. He's still killing it on the Indies. Not, not sorry, Indies, New Japan right now. He's yeah. still doing amazing <laughs> right now. So I just want to say that age means absolutely nothing in today's world. I think age means nothing if you're male. But age when you are female, actually it does mean a lot. Your opportunities when you're an older female in wrestling disappear. They genuinely do. I, I agree with you 100%. Like, there's a uh, trans wrestler that we've had on the podcast. She came on a second time, but it was only like for a little bit of time. Uh, Amber Joe. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Suzuki is one of the best to grace the room. That's agree. No, I don't. I don't know. Amber no, Joe, she's a really good worker. Um, she anywhere she goes, they like they give her a title. I don't, they don't give her the title, but she wins it, earns it. Yeah. But she's a good talent from the UK. Um, another one that I don't know if you guys are familiar with is Kiara. Yeah, the name rings a bell. Let me let me get on the old Instagram machine. Okay. <laughs> I get myself in trouble for that one. Uh, the one, there's another one that she's on another promotion, Alfie. It's another yeah. Good old Alfie. I think I've been on some shows with her up in the Leeds way. She, she's like, like, so as a guy that creates wrestlers, I actually told the guy, this guy, uh, wrestling dad, to make you and make Kaya in the game. And he's like, I never heard. I'm like, how do you know not know who Dutch is? And I wrote in Maple Laughing the sideways haha tearing emoji. I'm from America and I know more about Dutch than you do. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like right geek, like these some of these people that I'm like, they're from the UK. They're like, I don't know who Dutch is. And I'm like, yeah, I know more about Dutch than you. <laughs> like, how is that possible? That not many people know about you, Dutch, and you're such a good wrestler. It's such a good person. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm just a personality. <laughs> you see, he says I'm that. like 900 and I did a crossbody there. <laughs> I'll take that. You see, he the, the one thing about Dutch is that, one, he can't take a compliment. 
Two, he doesn't realise how good he is. And I'm not saying this just because I'm his wife, because I frequently tell him how shitty he is at other things. Um, <laughs> I'm his wife, so I suppose I I'm going to do that. Um, but he is, you know, trained so many people who now are kind of moving up the ranks and doing really well. And even now, he still doubts himself. And it just, it annoys me. Look at so, him, he's like, no. Yeah. Is this like an intervention or something? Is this oh, you, <laughs> no, I think I think it's me too because the guy in the chat wants wants you to shave my mustache off. This is this is my prized possession after COVID. This grew in, and I'm like, oh my god. He's only <laughs> jealous because he can't grow a decent one himself. Oh. Like, That's all that is. Like I, I had a regular mustache. No, no, no. He's he's asking to oh, for Dust to shave Dust to shave his beard to match your mustache. Oh, okay. I would shave this off completely, but I'd get murdered. I hate if, this. <laughs> if, if, Laura, if if Becca saw the way I had my beard before COVID, I look like I got lost in the Pennsylvania woods uh, accidentally. <laughs> you would have been like, Joe, who? What? When did Joe grow a full? Or did Joe get lost in his woods going walking home from work? And it looked like I really got lost. My beard was down to here. <laughs> Yeah, no, Hayden is uh, not allowed to shave his beard because I'm not allowed to cut my hair. So <laughs> Aiden's getting smart. I think I might cancel him. <laughs> Uh-oh. We know about that. You don't want to get canceled. It gets a lot of and gets a lot of angry faces emojis in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that we're not live. We got that that word cancel gives me the 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 cold brew sweats and I get nervous. I start checking my phone like what? sometimes I beg for it. <laughs> but uh, all right. So what's your, your guys' favorite match types? Do, do you like the high flying? Do you like the pure wrestling? Like hardcore matches? What are some of your favorite match types? Every um type of match has its place at a certain point on the card. Okay. So if you go in and watch a show and it's flip after flip after flip after flip. I get bored. So um, I appreciate the flippy type matches just for the sheer... Um, Athleticism. Uh, yeah. The, the fact that these guys can do that is amazing because I can't. I can barely put one foot in front of the other. It's, on it's all days. good being able to do the flips. It's being able to tell a story of what you're doing or adapt to your audience. Yeah. Um, I could watch Robbie X all day long. Yeah. Um, if you guys don't know who he is, you really should check him out. Unbelievable. Unbelievable talent. Um, but then you've got some who have done a couple of gymnastics classes, brought it to a wrestling ring, and it gets old quick. So so my, my favourite type of match is a match that grasps my attention and keeps it. So I have um, this amazing ability to... Um, switch off and go onto your phone if you're bored yes yeah. <laughs> unless so the match literally has to grasp me and um i find i this sounds awful because i'm a wrestling promoter but sometimes wrestling bores me okay wrestling actually isn't my thing my thing behind the scenes is setting everything up so that everything runs smoothly, okay? But I've never been a wrestling fan, okay? So anything outside of Fight Factory, I don't tend to watch. Okay. Right? It just and, and people often say, well, how can you be a wrestling promoter and not do that? But, because if something catches your eyes, you watch it. Yeah. So so you, you have to catch my eye. So um, to me, um, wrestling is a little bit like EastEnders, which is like you... Uh, local TV show. Soap opera. Soap opera uh, in Lycra, okay? So if the storyline is good, that will grasp my attention. If if you are able to control the crowd with your psychology of the match, then that is what gets me. Cowboys catch Becca's eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> she get lost in Texas. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. For, for me, um, I can watch any style. Again, it's just can you tell a story with your style? Um, so I do. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was a compliment or a slap in the face last night. 
Um, one of the guys turned to me and said, that's the first time I've watched you wrestle. I was like, you've been at a lot of our shows. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but it's the first wrestled. time I've watched you wrestle rather than fuck around. <laughs> Use <laughs> hardcore matches, you know, and I actually did a wrestling match. And, uh, like, being able to work with an audience that just want to see you do that, but keep them on side while doing a wrestling match, like, for me, that's that's an achievement, and I like others to be able to do that. Keep people's attention. Listen to your audience. Watch your audience. If they're not making noise, are they watching you not making noise, or are they on their phone? You know, so any match where you can keep the attention of your audience, I'm into. Like, there's no favorite style particularly. I can um, I can hands down say um, uh, Robbie X versus Pack was was a, a great match. Um, that was in the UK a couple of years ago. Um, then the other end, you've got um, Zack Sabre Jr. You know, completely different style can keep your interest. Um, then you can go to your old ECW, which was in some ways car crash TV, but in some ways you had some great matches there, which, you know, whether they were hardcore or whether they were the um, – high flyers you know they, they had a bit of everything which kept my attention especially at that age where i had no attention span yeah definitely so what 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 uh, exactly what exactly uh is your motive to get like ready for a show like do you guys listen to music uh like wh- what do you do before a show is basically what i'm trying to ask Coffee. listen to her shout <laughs> shout all the time <laughs> uh, I'd shout a lot no uh, Hayden turns up <laughs> <laughs> that's what Hayden does Hayden turns up usually when everything is done um, no you're not that bad I have to look after the children a lot of the time yeah yeah, yeah. so so I I go in and sort of like sort out the event make sure that that is running like clockwork usually clockwork <laughs> hey <laughs> um, <Yeah>. she has coffee <laughs> uh, uh, my my main thing is that I am super super stressed all day until we're packing down and that ring is back in the van and everybody's safe that is the main thing for me um, I worry a lot about if the audience are going to enjoy it, I worry about people getting injured because I just do. Um, not because um, they can't wrestle or anything, but just because I worry that, like, you know, they're my responsibility whilst they're there. I like to make sure that they're taken care of. Everything that I do comes from a place of um, caring, even when I am losing my <laughs> mind. Um, it's, I lose my mind because I care. Um but it's just there's so many things to think about on show day. So um, I know that I can actually say to to Hayden, look, I need this doing, and he will do it. Generally, um, the the guy the guys who uh, are at the event are kind of like, really, does he? But yeah, he does generally have my back. To be fair, um, and believe it or not, he went and he uh, ran an event all on his own, not long back, without me because I couldn't get the day off work. Um, and I was super stressed the whole day because I wasn't there. So we can never win. Um, but it's just making sure that the guys are okay, that the final touches are put in place, that um, the storyline is going to go how I want it to. Um, and making sure that the guys are okay. You know, do they have any worries? Are they prepared for their matches? Is there anything that I can do to make it better for them? Um so yeah. For me, I just like to be on my own. I don't like to talk to too many people. I just I need my own space. Um I'm I'm quite simple really. <laughs> In more ways than one. Yes, you are. Yeah. Got anything else, Geekins? No, I was gonna ask you well if you guys got upcoming shows that you want to promote. Uh yeah, so it's uh, the the main one is July second, which is um our wrestling event at the drill hall in Lincoln. Um, which is that one there. Um, so it's our double header, as I said earlier. Um, it's there's a lot of history with wrestling at the drill hall. The um, back in the days of like giant haystacks, etc., 
wrestling used to be on at this venue um and then for years they've not had wrestling back at all it was never within their artistic remit and basically since we started fight factory i've wanted to go to this to this venue um and i bugged and bugged and bugged and bugged each and every manager that has taken over the venue until one day we got a phone call from the new managers who'd taken over and said so do you want to come and put an event on and I went yes please so that's what we've done so that is that's like an achievement unlocked for me is resting at the drill hall because it's got a lot of historical significance so and a big achievement on it is most of the talent is homegrown and if not homegrown they've been to our gym to train yeah that that to me is a massive uh, <laughs> achievement if we get in an audience with without spending a ton of money on big names you know that's that's a a great win for us yeah the fact that the guys friends and family will come and support them and enjoy the product and enjoy watching their um their relative or whatever perform that's a big thing for me you know we are showcasing some of our under 16 students um at this show and i will enjoy sitting back watching the parents faces of how proud they are of their kids because some of these kids have been wrestling with us for like what five years now Something yeah five years. and they've developed so much over the last few years and we've seen them grow up so to see them on the same stage with the same production value as the guys who are you know been around for 20 years or whatever that's what i want and that's what we're about, you know, giving our guys the chance to be on a stage that is on par with the bigger leagues of indie wrestling within the UK. Even Aiden Drake. Yeah. Even <laughs> so, so do you guys have um, any up, like social medias that you guys can promote where people can find Fight Factory and where they can find you guys? So there's our website, which is fightfactorywrestling.com. And then there is Facebook, which is forward slash FF Wrestling. And we're on Instagram as Fight Factory Wrestling UK. And um, we've got Instagram as well for FFW Pro Wrestling and Fitness Center. I think that's all. And, and the Snapchat and the TikTok, but I don't know if we actually put anything on there. <laughs> we just have it to be greedy. <laughs> search Fight Factory Wrestling UK and generally we come up as one of the first searches in um in, in Google. So yeah. Definitely. So we are out there. We want to thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast and taking the time out of your busy day. You guys have been awesome. So many stories you guys tell awesome yeah. stories you guys have told us. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. No, it's been our pleasure. Mm-hmm. I'm Joe Pivot the third. I'm the Metal Geek. I'm Becca. I'm Hayden. And we will catch you in the next one.